This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E.G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time, two minutes at a time. I'm Richard Curtis, and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else. I'm your host, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Robert E.G. Black. Hello. And our special guest for this week, Joshua Griffiths. Hello. So today we're looking at minutes 33 and 34 of About Time. Minute 33 opens with Tim entering the blind restaurant where they were at a few minutes and earlier. a really lame well, camera shot where the camera rises to make sure we know where he is. Like we can't recognize it from like, what was it, five minutes ago? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was literally like five, ten minutes ago, yeah. But they want to make sure we're And considering, considering how much of a reveal it was when Mary came out of those curtains you'd think they'd assume we'd know it yeah there is a don Le- uh don lenoir in london yes but this isn't it this is some Ooh. other restaurant a waffle house although the video that comes up for it the pic there's a picture of like one of the guys who works there and he looks like he could be the blind waiter from the film <laughs> well maybe carlo was a real waiter there's no credit for him hmm. anyway well I'll, I'll look more into that in my own time and get back to you at another point maybe who knows so he enters don lenoir and he says two girls in earlier tonight one of them the prettiest girl in the world the other one like a sort of nice prostitute did you get their names (laughs) (laughs) i love that he knows who they are the the fact that from that he's like ah yes they left a while ago uh let's see no i'm afraid there are walk-ins and it appeared they paid by cash sorry sir yeah i mean do you find it odd that he knows who they mean straight away (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how busy this restaurant is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Maybe there was, maybe everyone comes as like couples. And so it was, he did note that two girls came together. And I don't know. It is funny that he knows. So, yeah, Joshua, what are your sort of impressions of this minute? Well, I commented on the prostitute bit because I thought that it was, um, I actually thought it was very realistic because I have found myself in so many positions where I've tried to describe someone to them. And I've used one of the most weirdest attributes to him. It could be the one with the big ears or the, that one that looks like... And it, literally that person then goes, oh, yeah, another one you mean. <laughs> and it, it always amazes me how they know that. Yeah. Well, the prostitute comment, although he doesn't know it, is something that's like a callback, isn't it? Because yeah. she... Yeah. Mary says that he's... That she, I've, why have I forgotten her name? Heck. Joanna. Joanna. I, I, I'll probably just end up referring to her as just Vanessa Kirby. That's fine. It appears I'm remembering the cast names better. So Rachel McAdams says of Vanessa Kirby that she's like a prostitute, which she agrees to. But yeah, obviously the the guy doesn't know. And it is quite funny and, as you say, realistic that they know this. And actually, did you get their names? What difference does that make? Oh, like, I guess surname. Well, Tim could find the him, yeah, book? if he had the surname. That makes sense. So he says, oh, that's okay. That's fine. It's brilliant. It's just the end of my life. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the waiter, like not the waiter, the, the yeah, the guy's just so, like, would he be allowed to give out that information anyway? There, well, he's not a psychiatrist or anything. There's no expectation of privacy. It's probably a bad practice to not. do it all the time because then people will notice and have a problem. But, but yeah, I guess if he's literally describing people who have gone in yeah. and it, means that he knows them and then uh yeah tim walks out while we have um midair instrumental playing and a sort of sort of more melancholy version of what was playing when mary first walked through those curtains yep 
and we get and Tim walking on Harry Street, walking. where we saw him just a few minutes ago, and he was super happy, and now he's not, and he's like the same location. And how dark his suit is works really well at this point as well. Well, he's blending in again. Yeah, brilliant. So yeah, so he he walks into Harry's flat, which we we get such a a cut to brightness mm-hmm. straight away, which I guess almost expresses the difference in their moods to an extent. Yep. <laughs> you know, he's it's all dark for him, and it's all right for Harry. Although obviously this is the following morning, and it's oh cheer up, mate. Apparently you're living with Britain's greatest living playwright. <laughs> I don't usually le- read them, obviously, but couldn't resist this one. <laughs> yeah, Harry happy. It's just so weird funny. to see him happy. <laughs> so actually, I guess the another comment, Joshua, since we have Richard E. Grant and we've got Tom Hollander and all of that, like how much of these ca- the cast that you've seen in these minutes are people that you recognise from other things? I, I, to be fair, I recognise virtually every single one of the main roles. That uh, that's what also surprised me. I didn't realise how many people that I'd recognised in the film because it's the first time I've seen it. And well, I, I can't really comment just, on that. Just there was wait till you get every to, single main yeah, character. Just wait till you get to Bill Nye and Margot Robbie and all of them who are in it as well. <laughs> Star-studded cast. Hmm. And quite a few of these before they were famous. Yeah. Like Margot Robbie, it was literally like a couple of months before Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else there is to say on this minute it's weird we normally have so much to say uh tim does blend in quite well at the start with you know his gingerness mm-hmm. matching the the lights of the the restaurant as well whether that means anything at all but it is it is sort of quite black and yellowy orange what's going to matter is when tim doesn't blend in with the background because those scenes probably it's really deliberate and maybe it's when he's happy yeah yeah i could say tim even blends in with harry's house mm-hmm. <laughs> the end scene and actually, if we had the deleted scene, would this be a callback? What? That he's not wearing pyjamas. He's, in fact, wearing a t-shirt. And, I mean, I guess it could just be a t-shirt he's wearing. Yeah, it could he just be with Harry in a With Harry in a dressing gown and Tim not being in the striped pyjamas, I'm wondering whether this is just... I mean, he's, not, he's obviously not trying to make an impression on Harry, yeah. but maybe it's a, a new habit since... Charlotte's comment. Well, plus, know. his bedroom is on the third floor. He probably gets dressed before he comes downstairs just so he's ready for the day. So he doesn't have to go back up there again. Yeah, that makes sense. Although this is this house is still smaller than his family home. Yeah, but that's only what, two what, floors. Is it only two floors? Joshua, I'm just realizing that I haven't <laughs> given you as much to speak. And I don't know what there is to ask you. No, it's absolutely fine. I mean, obviously, I'm finding it hard to comment on a film I haven't watched. Yeah. But I'm, I'll, I'll input when I can. Okay. As long as I just want to be ensuring that we're not like leaving you out because that would be pointless of a guest. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying it. It's, yeah. it's good. I, I, I'm really enjoying your perspective of having not seen the film. Yeah, I, I love so the idea any other of this comments? sequence without time travel because it's like he lost a number so he runs back to the restaurant. It still works. And it proves how real the time travel is yeah. in this. Like I, I have said, like it's the most realistic film about time travel. It's just a constant metaphor for every other method you could do to get things back. Mm. So have we got any other comments on 33 before we go straight to 34? No, because we can't even see the newspaper yet. Anyway, minute 34, mm-hmm. he then says, Harry Chapman found guilty of genius. Mm. And Tim looks at that and just spots the Kate Moss advert and says i have to go out right now why she loves kate moss i mean so how how, i mean what's your impression of this whole thing joshua Uh, 
Well, obviously, I, I don't know whether she likes Kate Moss or not, apart from what he said. But how I commented is I actually thought that was a really clever way of filming it because the first initial point is you're drawn to the headline. Mm-hmm. So you're drawn to the review about him, and it's not until he mentions Kate Moss that all of a sudden your eyes then flick down to the advert. Yeah. So I think that yeah. was a very clever way of being able to film it. Hmm. It is odd in 2013. I think we said before in the original comment of Kate Moss, well, it is odd in 2013 for there to be so many discussions in a film about Kate Moss, right? Maybe. It depends. To be fair, the the Kate Moss exhibit we see is real. In 2010, it was called uh, Kate Who, and in 2012, it was called Moss Destino, which I assume is when they filmed it was in 2012. So this ad is some. This ad is real. So is the the article next to it about uh, Diane Rigg starring in a stage version of All About My Mother, which happened in 2007 at the Old Vic. So right now we're in June, basically of 2007 in the movie which fits with him telling the story in 2012 2013 yeah i guess i hadn't really thought that obviously we're not in 2013 now like i i for some reason even though the film takes place over what nine years like i just i'd like my brain has gone every year is 2013 (laughs) and interestingly mary said she it was taken as a joke that she was thinking of wearing a kate moss dress to the restaurant but in May 2007, Kate Moss launched a line of clothing. So she could have actually worn a Kate Moss dress. Maybe in 2007 it was relevant enough to talk about it. Just as some... Well, I, I was three in 2007, so I wouldn't know. After this, the 90s, this, I didn't pay sure. attention to Kate Moss, so it was it was definitely... Oh, interesting. They're I so don't think her. I knew of her until this film. Like, I mean, it might have been a name that I'd heard and not really thought anything yeah. of. As far as I'm aware, this film it was like, ah, oh, Kate Moss, I guess she must be a model. And that, that was just it. Which is good, because it, didn't, it doesn't rely on you knowing who Kate Moss is, either. You can figure it out easily. Well, apparently the photographer is huge, and I hadn't heard of him, oddly, until doing my notes for this minute yesterday. Richard Curtis has described these pictures as, like, some of the greatest pieces of art. Hmm. So clearly Richard Curtis likes her. Or likes to... Mm this photographer and her so we have friday i'm in love by the cure playing over this sequence of the montage and it's such a good montage like and such a great use of music as well like i can't really fault this whole thing apparently the montage is originally a lot longer and donal like ate a lot more stuff like you can see on the uh, on the gag reel like i think he literally turns to richard curtis and says if i get diabetes i'm suing <laughs> well, as it is we see him eat what an apple some sort of bar Something else, a cupcake. <laughs> we see me do at least four different things. Yeah, and there's definitely a lot more in the blue for real. <laughs> and so he's he's obviously here for like the entire time of the of the exhibit. Yeah, we see and, him in what four different outfits. Yeah, I like the fact that he stays at the same spot. Yeah, well, you can see down that hallway. Yeah, it it makes a lot of sense. Really, it's a logical thing to stay at that one spot so that he can, you know, ensure that. Well, she you know. Even if it wasn't down the hallway, she'd be bound to come to that one spot eventually. So if he kept walking around and looking for her, there'd be no, you know, no exact chance that he'd find her. So, Joshua, what do you think of the whole montage? I really like the montage. What I like about it is the fact that it's almost like a mirror image because he's directly in the centre of the screen the whole time. And And if you look at the whole image of itself, everything on that screen is equal. Even when all the girls sit next to him, you've got two girls one side, two girls the other. It's always that constant mirrored image 
And and when it's unequal, it has like guy on one side, and then the next shot is woman on the other side. So it still matches up. Yeah, mm. I do. Yeah, I really, I really like this montage, and it's one of the more artsy esque elements of the film, really. And it, it works quite well because you'd imagine that this is, you know, we look at it as Tim telling us the story. Yeah. And that works because he's sort of, yeah, he's saying, you know, and I waited there for days and days and that, <laughs> that that's what you'd picture, I guess. What I love um, is where he's sitting because he's in front of that photo of Kate Moss in like the, the tie and like a suit. There is a cat in that photo. Kit Kat will mention it yeah. next minute. But in this minute, Tim is sitting essentially where the cat is. And every once in a while, you'll see its head framed right in, right by his head. And it's kind of creepy looking, but kind of cute. It's like, he's this cat who's just sitting there waiting in the photo. The thing is, I, I'm just imagining how like uncomfortable and probably quite boring it would get to be Donald Gleason in this montage. <laughs> like he, like the yawning thing as well. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone's having a conversation for quite a while. So for him to kind of slow motion maintain that the entire time. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, so if we got any sort of final comments on this minute? I got one. There's a guard who we see down the hallway in most of this montage. But at the end of this minute, he's now standing right by that photo and near Tim. Like he's maybe noticed Tim has been sitting there every day and it's gotten a little suspicious. Because <laughs> yeah. he wasn't standing there before and now he's down at that end of the hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's really true. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I, 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 it's just such a beautiful and wonderful part of the film and i don't think i remember it every time to be honest like it's not one of the iconic moments of about time particularly but it kind of should be it should be actually is it much of a moments film at all i guess there aren't really many things where it's where you say about time and you picture like a specific scene is that maybe the wedding or him talking to his father the first time or the last time yeah this this scene is just sort of forgotten about or at least to me i forget it quite a lot Except when I'm listening to the soundtrack, and obviously the more obsessed I've come with the film, the more I know yeah. every scene. So Joshua, have you got any sort of final comments on this minute? Um, No, not for me. Okay, so where can the listeners find you on social media? They can find me on Facebook under Joshua Griffiths, under Twitter on at Josh, JoshuaG98, on Instagram as Joshua Griffiths 2 and you can even find me on YouTube under JJR Films and Vlogs with 2Gs. And Robert, where can listeners find you? Uh, social media, Robert E.G. Black, or my website, lemmingdrops.com, for links to all my podcasts and blog and my old YouTube reviews and whatnot. And the listeners can find me on social media on Twitter at llama underscore bottle zero, on Instagram at the ginger luke, on Facebook at Luke Allen Film. I don't know why I'm still forgetting it. I should know by now. You should. Uh, we're only how many minutes in? <laughs> on, they can, on lukeallen.co.uk for short films, podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, and they can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Two Mins About Time. You can also join our Facebook group, The Cupboard. Not entirely sure what we is what, what do we do on the group, Robert? <laughs> what have we been doing on the group, I guess, by the time they've been listening to this? I don't know. You can make some surveys or something to get people to jump in and talk more. We'll see. There we go. You can pop on and Give your thoughts on this film, even if you despise every minute of it, or despise both of us. You know, come on and tell us that. Especially if you despise us. Yeah, please do. Get in touch if you hate us. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening, and goodbye. 
The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemming Drop Studios in association with Bottle O Productions. (laughs) 